Welcome to It's In My Queue, the podcast where we talk about TV pilots. I'm Kara. And I'm Adina. And today we're talking about Gossip Girl. Before we get into the episode, I just want to offer a quick trigger warning. This pilot does touch on sexual assault, and so we take a moment to discuss that. I'll put the timestamps in the show notes in case you'd rather skip over it. Now let's get into the episode. So uh, today we are talking about one of my favorite shows. Um, I would not say that that has to do with the quality of the writing or anything. It is just the general (laughs) vibes of the show. Um, For those of you who don't know, I'm really into like teen dramas and stuff. I have seen Gossip Girl upwards of five or six times all the way through. I've never actually like spent time sitting down paying attention to the writing really but as far as you know like my tastes for tv and whatnot I feel like when I was 15 and watching this for the first time I was like wow this is off the walls insane and that's why I enjoy it but I watched I started watching it um in the 10th grade and then I was able to catch up with it to watch the last season live so I watched season six as it aired and I was pretty obsessed with it, I will say. Um, As I said, I have rewatched it many times since, so I know it very well. Um, Though there are bits of it that I block out, which we'll get into later. So yeah, this is is exciting for me to get Adina to watch this for the first time. Um, So yeah, Adina, initial thoughts, your experience with Gossip Girl? Well, I, I hadn't seen it. Uh, except for a couple other random episodes that you've made me watch. But I, um, my sister is a big fan of it. I believe she followed the show for a while, but mostly she was a fan of the books. She had all of the books on her bookshelf at home. And I would always see her reading them. They're like paperbacks. They're like super dog-eared because she read them so many times because she was like a teenager at the time the books were coming out. So like target audience as the books were coming out. Um, and like, I always saw her reading them, didn't really know what they were about because I was too young for it. Um, and I never really had any interest in it also because like, to me, it seemed like it was one of those like girly things. And like, I was very much a tomboy while I was growing up. So I really had no interest in picking it up, but I knew Kara really liked it. And so last year in the pandemic, I was really bored, didn't have a lot to do. I was looking for stuff to read. So I went to my sister's old bedroom Um, she does not live at home anymore. She's an adult. Um, and I went to her bedroom and I saw all of her gossip girl books. And then I found the first one and I read the first novel last year. And honestly, like, obviously I was coming at it from a slightly different view being, you know, 25 and reading it instead of being like 15 and reading it, um, in the early two thousands. But, um, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it more than I thought it would, because to me, the book is very self and the show. Um, I think they both nailed this tone of they're both very self-aware of what they are. They are camp, they're off the wall, and they know exactly what they're trying to do. They're trying to be insane and they're trying to be funny and and, and crazy. And like, what the hell are these teenagers doing? Um, and I think they really do a good job of nailing that tone, which is sometimes hard to do. So I honestly, I considered like I, I would potentially read more of the books. I didn't feel the urge to read them all right away, but like I, I would pick them up again. Um, yeah, so I do know, I do know the characters in the plot. And honestly, this first, this pilot pretty much covers the first book. 
yeah it's pretty much pretty close to the plot of the book I didn't know until I was doing my research last night because I have never actually read any of the books I came to to it straight from the tv show um I feel like I probably will at some point like go check out at least one of them from the library um just mm-hmm. because I'm curious and I love a good quick young adult read um yeah I read a lot quick. of YA because it reads super fast for me um and I enjoy I enjoy them so uh this seems like something I will probably go read at some point in my life um also I would like to say that before I had my rich white people mess with succession I had gossip girl I feel like this is the precursor to me enjoying succession as much as I do frankly um so yeah I say that if you enjoyed gossip girl and now you're older you might also like succession succession is basically gossip girl but also trying to be prestige tv that can win awards exactly mm-hmm. <laughs> it's gossip girl but prestige um so yeah uh, a bit about the show to begin so um like we said uh the gossip girl started as a novel series written by cecily vaughn i don't know how to say her last name zygasar zygasar that's how i assume maybe that's how I say yeah. it in my head. <laughs> that is also how I say it in my head. So these novels were released from 2002 to 2011. Um, and they basically follow the story of Blair Waldorf and Serena Vanderwoodson um, at their elite Upper East Side private school called Constance Billard School for Girls. The plots of these uh, books were kind of based on Zygasar's own experience um, at an Upper East Side private school. Um, Nightingale Bamford School is what it was called. And as I was looking through, I like didn't really know anything about the books until I was looking through last night. But as I was like reading the character descriptions of the main characters, so we get all of, except for Vanessa, who we meet in, I believe, episode two or three, all of the main characters from the books are present. And they felt like based on their little descriptions in the Wikipedia about the novels, they felt about that. And I think that, yeah, they all, um, they all seem pretty close to what I remember from the book. mm -hmm. And in terms of development, developing the show later, it sounds like they did that on purpose for the pilot and then started to expand them and kind of change Mm -hmm. things up later on. So the show Gossip Girl uh, ran for six seasons um, on the CW from 2007 to 2012. Um, It was developed by Josh Schwartz and Stephanie Savage. Um, Josh Schwartz is most known for the OC, obviously. So like, this is like, I feel like this is his exact niche, this like teen drama (laughs) sort of thing. Stephanie Savage was a writer and eventually an executive producer on the OC. And she and Josh Schwartz um, have since created Fake Empire Productions, their producing partners. So basically a lot of their other notable work uh, is them that stuff that they've developed and done together. Um, So some other notable projects from their company include, their company or Josh Schwartz include Chuck, Heart of Dixie, um, The Carrie Diaries, Dynasty, um, Runaways, and the new Nancy Drew. So for some of those, they were co-showrunners. For some of those, they're just executive producers. It's under their company. Um, So they are also both executive producers on the new Gossip Girl, which started on HBO Max this past summer. Uh, Season one is not yet finished. 
they are not show running this one. That is show run by Joshua Safran, who was an executive producer on the original, but he left part, he left um, after season five to go be the showrunner on Smash. So he wasn't there for the last season. Uh, Joshua Safran is in charge of the reboot, which had started in July and ha- is on a hiatus right now. I believe it's coming back next month. Um, we're not going to talk about it much because I don't think today, partially because I didn't make Adina watch it and partially because I don't think it is fair to fully judge a show until it has a full season. I'm so not used to shows having hiatuses anymore. I'm like, yeah. shouldn't a streaming show be done by now? Yeah, so I didn't feel as though we should talk about it when it's not done yeah. airing. No, no, um, I think that's fair. So yeah, uh, back to the original, since that's what we're talking about today. Uh, when this was first um, in development, it was originally going to be adapted into a film starring Lindsay Lohan with Amy Sherman Palladino at the helm, which- you know. I can see that version. Like you just said that and I can see all the pieces falling into place. I can see it working. That's interesting because I can't. Um, and I think maybe it's because I just know this one so well and I don't- I mean, like it would be the, different. The it would be different, but I could see it being a different adaptation of the source material. Yeah, I, I, feel, like, I feel like I have trouble like picturing the tone of this, of what it, this would have been. So- um, I find that 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 was interesting to me to learn, but I actually think that in terms of adaptations, I think TV was the right medium for this book series rather than a film. Yeah. I mean, Um, definitely in terms of longevity, like I I don't remember how many books there are, but there's a lot of books and it's definitely a sort of an episodic thing where they just do more and more crazy shit. So like, why would you sell yourself short by making it a movie? when you could make it a TV show. Exactly. Um, so after that didn't really pick up any steam, uh, Stephanie Savage and Josh Schwartz then came and took over the project um, and they started developing it around October, 2006. That's when they began the pilot. Um, so Josh Schwartz was kind of skeptical of the idea of doing this at first because this, this is him coming off of VOC. He didn't want to do something that was like VOC, but set in New York. Um, but then as he was reading the Gossip Girl book, he was like, oh, you know what? These kids are actually, this would be different because these kids are actually a bit more worldly than the kids of the OC. It's like that, it's like that born and raised in New York vibe, you know, because we went to school with a lot of these people um, yeah. that were born and raised oh my in God, New York. We did. <laughs> um, and they they do just have a very uh, different vibe about them that they, it's like, I don't know. A superior vibe? I don't know how to vibe? explain it. Supe- maybe like, superior. I don't want to sound mean by saying that, but I don't know how else to describe it. Yeah, they have such a different vibe it's like when they say it's like like, oh well I'm from New York it's like well I'm I'm from Brooklyn like just the way they say it it's like I don't know I'm from fucking Newton like that's just a place that I'm from but when you're from New York you're from New York yeah it's like wild (laughs) um so so he was like oh I see how this can be different than the OC let's do it um and yeah as someone that has seen both the OC and Gossip Girl they are not the same kids uh, at all. Um, as someone who's seen like one episode of each, they don't seem the same. 
Yeah. Um, it's like on the surface, I think maybe you'd think that at first. And I think that because everyone knew Josh Schwartz's name from the OC, they were like, oh, so it's just a bunch of other rich kids in a different place. Um, so I feel like that's like face value, what you might think. But like once you get deeper immediately, it's yeah. very clear that that's not the, that's not the case. As uh, Adina mentioned before, the pilot is basically the plot of the first book. The only thing that's not in there. Oh yeah. Is Once you said the Vanessa, stuff with Vanessa. I was like, oh yeah, that's the whole bit with the short film and stuff. Do they still do that weird little short film thing in the series? She definitely, she does a lot of film projects. She is very much that. It's like that she's kid. making a short film and then she wants Serena to star in it, but then doesn't want Serena once she realizes that Dan likes her. She, she does, also that likes doesn't, Dan. There, there is tension between Serena and Vanessa because of Dan, but there is not the, Serena does not star in a short film. I think more so in okay. the show, she's like a documentary filmmaker and not okay. like narrative film. So she does sometimes just come around with a camera. Yes. Um, she's honestly one of my least favorite characters. Um, yeah, she seemed like one of those annoying, oh, my art is so important people. Yeah. I'm like, mm -hmm. you can be an artist without being up your own ass like that. <laughs> yeah. So um, I would say that the characteristics, it seems like the characteristics of the book definitely held over to the pilot. But then, of course, they expanded past that once the pilot happened and was picked up and stuff, you know. Um, also, they this series was filmed on location in New York City. Um, apparently people tried to persuade them not to do that being like, it's going to be expensive. Let's just make a central park set. And they were like, but these are rich kids, like, you know, authenticity, whatever. Um, and I feel like I also saw something on the Wikipedia that says that gossip girl was called the most restauranty show since sex in the city. Um, <laughs> because they just, they go to a lot of restaurants, um, the vibes people do go to a lot of restaurants yeah. they're like let's eat out we don't need to cook um and also a fun fact of this we have narration once again by Kristen bell um yeah so we had this is the second show we've done that has voiceover by Kristen bell yeah which is funny so apparently but it's much she... more effective in this show yeah i would say so um so Kristen Bell apparently read the pilot when they were like casting and she's like I'm kind of old to play these people but I did a lot of narration on Veronica Mars can I narrate this and then there you she go she narrates it she also narrates Gossip Girl for the reboot as well oh. so that's um, to me that's acceptable because you're you're understanding it's a fictional voice anyway they're just yeah. making it audible for you but the characters are reading it so it doesn't really matter who's reading it that's that yeah I like that that's like a fun nod to the original yes um so that's fun we've got Kristen Bell we also have another repeat actor from a pilot we've covered with Leighton Meester yes um, what I saw her like I mean, this must be weird to you because obviously you watched Gossip Girl first, but to uh -huh. me, I watched Single Parents first. So I'm like, oh my God, baby Angie, she's so tiny. Yeah. Yeah. I also uh, put Leighton Meester in another comedy. I think she has such comedic chops and she also does yeah. get to display them as Blair Waldorf. Um, yeah, not so, so much in this episode though. Yeah. But later on. Uh, so, uh, so there are a few 
I'll talk about the hallmarks of the show when we talk yeah. as we're speaking. But um, in terms of reception of this show, um, people thought it was very inappropriate, um, <laughs> which, yeah, which is also, I think, one of the beefs that people had with the books when they first came out. Um, they were like, this is, children should not be reading these. I what mean, are, what are I kind doing? of felt that way when I was reading it as a 25-year-old. I was like, this is funny and amusing to me now, but oh my God, these kids are supposed to be 16. Like, I can't imagine the effect this would have had on me if I read it when I was that age and thought, yeah. like, as an adult, I can see that it's satire, but I feel like if I was reading it as a kid, would I think that these are things I was supposed to actually be doing? Not that I would have done any of those things because, like, I was a very timid, anxious kid, but would I have then had anxiety about, like, oh, is this how cool teenagers act? Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine like reading these as a, as a kid, honestly, mm -hmm. I feel like I would have been like, what the fuck is going on? But I also did read the click books, which I feel like were in a similar they're, genre. They're very similar. They're, I feel like they're the, the exact kind of same genre, but maybe aimed towards kids one to two years younger. Yeah. So I, I got into those and I thought they were wild. And yeah. I was like, what the hell is going on I here? I read a few of those. Um, They're addicting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would check them out from the library because I didn't think anyone would buy them for me. Um, but so, yeah, it's also I have this like vivid memory from when I was like 11 or 12 visiting New York with like a church trip and seeing a billboard for Gossip Girl, which was um I think it was like Blair and or it was like Serena and Nate or Blair and Nate in a pool like very sexy looking photograph with the words about like with with a criticism of the show being like oh, yeah. too sexy or whatever they really like they used their negative press as an ad campaign and I just Which is really smart that, that is, is really smart. smart I vividly remember this billboard and like, obviously in my 11 or 12 year old head, I wasn't thinking, what the fuck is that? But I was looking at it like, what is this? <laughs> um, that's like my first experience with Gossip Girl was that billboard. Um, I remember being so taken aback by it. I think that they did a really good job of like playing up all of the things that people yeah. were scandalized as by. As long as you know your network has your back and as long as you know that like whatever you're doing, the network will support you and standards and practices mm -hmm. will support you like that is a really smart marketing campaign especially for teenagers yeah. because teenagers want to do all the things that their adults are saying are not okay for them yeah exactly so I think that Gossip Girl was like really good about that sort of thing um so it was it's impressive also the way that that is an ad campaign I still remember and it was from when I was yeah. 12 years old it stuck with that's, me <laughs> yeah that's strong marketing uh-huh. Now let's get into the episode. Yeah, here we are. This is the first episode. I think it's just called Pilot. Um, and the teleplay is by Josh Schwartz and Stephanie Savage. So here we have our teaser, our beginning. It starts out with some establishing shots of uh, New York City. So you know right where we are immediately. Um, and Fun fact, the song that plays at the beginning of this is called Young Folks by Peter, Bjorn, and John. And I never knew the name of it, but it always stuck with me because like, I feel like this is like an iconic beginning teaser for me. Um, so one day I was like, well, I actually don't know what that song is called. So I Googled hipster music with whistling. 
And this is exactly what popped up. Um, so I felt very smart for trying to figure it out. Um, and I was like, wow, that is, I'm glad I'm not the only person that was like, what is this hipster song with the whistling? Um, <laughs> and Google came through that day. So we've got this uh, song playing and we see Blake Lively staring angstily out a train window. Yo, this was also a trip for me because I hadn't really seen Blake Lively in a lot of things, except the simple favor is the main thing that comes to mind. And I thought she was a lot like in my brain. I was like, no, she's too old to have been this young and gossip girl. But then she's 34. And so, you know, 15 years ago, she was a teenager, basically. And that fucked me up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, these were actually, they, these were um fairly age appropriate teenagers. Like I think that the youngest yeah. of them was maybe 19. Yeah, uh, no, they, they not definitely... counting Taylor Momsen, who I think was just younger than them. They looked uh, more believable than most. And also I think the fact that they're, they're specifically rich teenagers and rich teenagers often like dress and act a little older. Mm-hmm. I think that also helped pass them off as yeah. very age appropriate. Yeah, I think the oldest of them was like 21. So they're, these are like, this is, I feel like the last set of teenagers that, of like adults playing teenagers that I believed. So I think also to be fair, I think maybe our perspective changes as we get older. That's because true. now I know how young children really are. But when I was a child, I would look at people like this and be like, oh yeah, I suppose like there are believable, attractive teens. Those could just be believable, attractive teens that are a couple years older than me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, no. It's like now people our age are playing teenagers and it's like, yeah. but we know that you're like 25. Yeah. Um, I think I could still get away with playing a teenager, but yeah. I have a baby face. So yeah. some people, some people can. Yeah. Some can't, but they do anyway. Anyway. Um, so we get this music playing and we also get our very first narration. Um, it says, Hey, Upper East Siders, Gossip Girl here. And then um, we see Serena, this is uh, Blake Lively's character, getting off the train. She's at Grand Central Station. And it says, spotted at Grand Central, bags in hand, Serena Vanderwoodson. Wasn't it only a year ago our it girl mysteriously disappeared for boarding school? And just as quickly, she's back. Don't believe me? See for yourself. And then over this, we see like a girl in the train station notices Serena and she's like taking a picture of her and she sent the tip in to Gossip Girl. Um, So this is our introduction to this like anonymous uh, gossip source for these teenagers. It's like their lifeblood. They're so into it. We also then see at Grand Central, these two um, other kids, uh, Dan and Jenny, um, played by Penn Badgley and Taylor Momsen. Um, and they're getting picked up from the train station by their dad. So they just spent the weekend with their mom upstate. And he's like, how's your mom? And they're like, oh, she's good. Um, you know, um, it's kind of awkward. Uh, the dad says something weird, um, alluding to the fact that their mother left him. Uh, and she's so he's kind of like well is she coming back um he's it's uncomfortable so they're at the train station and dan sees serena and he kind of looks at her and then we hear spotted lonely boy can't believe the love of his life has returned if only she knew who he was um so dan is posed in these gossip girl threads as lonely boy he is 
for all intents and purposes in this pilot, he is our outsider character. Um, we don't super know the extent of why he's an outsider yet. We'll hear about it in a minute, but he is lonely boy. That's, that's him. And then it continues and it says, um, but everyone knows Serena and everyone's talking there because, um, so at this point now we're starting to get all these people having phone alerts. And then it says, wonder what Blair Waldorf thinks. And then we see Leighton Meester. She's like, you know, got her phone and she's looking at it and she's kind of like, what's this? Um, (laughs) So Blair sees this blast about Serena being back and she's like, I don't know what to, I can't deal with this right now. We hear the, um, the narration saying that Nate, Blair's boyfriend, has a crush on Serena. Clearly Blair knows Serena being back is not necessarily good for her. In this moment, we are at a party. Um, Blair's mom is hosting something. In this pilot, Blair's mom is different from the other mom that then becomes Blair's mom. Um, The other mom, I think, is far better. Perhaps one of the best parents on the show. You wouldn't know it from this episode. Because this this woman comes, basically Blair walks in and is saying, oh, Blair, I wish you had told me you were going to wear one of my designs. I would have had it tailored to you so it fit better. (laughs) And basically... um, Blair's mother made a lot of comments on her appearance and weight in this episode, and it made me sad. So then we see Nate, uh, played by Chase Crawford. Um, He is talking to a bunch of uh, important looking seeming men, uh, and his father is also there with him. And they're kind of asking him about like college, and he's saying, he's saying that he kind of maybe wants to look out west and then Nate's dad interrupts and is like but I'm a Dartmouth man and you know uh Nate will go to Dartmouth and Nate is like yeah that's that's on my list too but clearly he doesn't want to go there um and so Blair comes over and steals Nate away from uh these men that are asking him about his college choices uh we see Chuck now um and his weirdness Uh, And he asks if Nate wants to uh, go smoke and Blair's like, no, he's busy. Um, So Blair pulls him away into a room off of the house somewhere. They're going to have sex seemingly for the first time. Uh, Blair and Nate, as we learn later, have been like, you know, dating since kindergarten. Um, Everyone assumes they're going to get married that sort of thing, um, but they've never had sex. Um, I, it sounds like the sort of thing that they were gonna like lose their virginity together and Blair wanted it to be special and she wanted to wait because Nate kind of mentions those things and Blair is like, no, we're doing it now. Right after she's seen the blast that Serena has returned. So then some more people are pulling out their phones and looking, uh, these two girls are like, oh my God, Serena is back. And Chuck is like, good, things were getting dull around here. Chuck loves a party. He loves a good time. It's a lot. And finally, Serena arrives at this party. Um, She, you know, gets out of her car that took her from the train station and goes up to the here. Um, And Blair and Nate are uh, in the midst of hooking up. And she says, I love you. Always have, always will. And Nate kind of looks at her and is like, yeah, I love you too. Um, And then Serena comes in she's here now Blair's mom sees her and is like oh my gosh Serena I didn't know you were coming and then she knocks on the door of the room that Blair and Nate are in and she's like Blair Serena's here and Nate like 
basically he might as well have thrown Blair <laughs> off of him at this point. He's like, Serena, what? Um, and so basically he gets dressed again and like leaves. He's like, we gotta go say hi. And Blair's like clearly doesn't want to, but she, you know, gets dressed again. Um, and then we see another woman and she's saying, and so I said, forget it. I don't care if it's Murakami, it clashes with my sofa. And this is Serena's mother. Um, and Serena goes up to her and is like, mom. And she's like, Serena, I didn't know you were coming here. Serena's like, where is he? Um, and her mom is kind of like trying to get her to hush. And she's like, we're not going to discuss that now. So Serena has come back for a reason. It is to do with this uh, mysterious he. And then we see that Nate is out of the bedroom now. He sees Serena and they kind of, their eyes meet from across the room. And then Blair comes right in between them and they have a rather icy greeting. Um, and Serena says that she kind of has to go. Blair is like, but you, you just got here. And she's like, I have something to do. So these other two girls that saw the blast just that said Serena was back are like, oh, you didn't know that she was coming. And Blair kind of plays it off like, oh yeah, of course I knew. Um, I just wanted it to be a surprise because clearly um, Blair and Serena are friends, but something has happened. Um, so they are less friendly now. We see Serena leaving the party um, moments after she arrived. Gossip Girl reports on this as well. And it asks about of Serena, has our bad girl really gone good or is it part of the act? We see her arriving at what looks like some sort of hospital. And uh, the woman at the like reception desk is like, I'm sorry, ma'am, visiting hours are over. And she's like, it's okay, he's my brother. And we see like a guy in a bed in like a very nice looking room. He's asleep right now. And then the last bit of narration uh, says, why'd she leave? Why'd she return? Send me all the deets. And who am I? That's one secret I'll never tell. XOXO, Gossip Girl. And this is all over a shot of Dan looking through Gossip Girl on his laptop. And that is our teaser. Yeah, so let, how, how about that teaser? Yeah, I don't, I feel like it's hard for me to react to it like genuinely because I did kind of already know this stuff from the book. Um, and I do feel like the, the show gets a very similar vibe to the book in the introductions because the book is actually mm -hmm. kind of weirdly written like a TV show in a way in that it's kind of third, uh, it's third person like omniscient, but it does that thing where it kind of drops into different characters for brief moments and then shifts between them. So it'll do kind of like a third person close on a different character, but kind of just sh freely shift between them, which is kind of like what a TV show does. Um, so, um, so it actually has a pretty similar feel of like, it starts with this party and like Serena arrives and then it shows Blair's reaction and Blair and Nate almost having sex and then not, um, and like all these different little bits. It's also interesting. Um, I guess I never noticed this before, but we do meet all of our main players right here. Um, even if only for like brief moments, like we don't get very yeah. much of Chuck in this teaser. Um, it's not about him, but I also think that that kind of fits with the way that in the book, Chuck wasn't really a, as much of a main character as he is in the show. Um, Cause like, I, they took Chuck from the books, but they gave him a bigger part. Um, basically. So yeah. yeah, we, we get our glimpse of yeah. Dan and Jenny. 
um, though we'll learn more about them later too. Um, the big thing of this pilot, of this teaser and this pilot is Serena coming home and how that affects everyone around her. Basically, Serena is Serena is like the, presented as kind of a larger than life presence. Um, and we definitely get that sense. It's interesting to me. I mean, I guess this is kind of throughout the episode. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but the interesting thing to me, which again, this was in the book and it's also in the show is it has that contrast mm-hmm. between we hear everybody's what everyone thinks of Serena. You hear everybody reacting to her return and like saying, oh my God, it's such a big deal. How is Blair going to react? Serena is this big deal, whatever. Um, but then when you actually see Serena, it's our first impression of her. We haven't met her before. And I felt like the way she's acting in this first episode doesn't seem, she doesn't seem to be that mm-hmm. dramatic. She doesn't seem to be that mean as everyone was saying which like, then it brings up the question and she keeps saying like, oh, I've changed. I've tried, I'm trying to be a better person. Um, so it sounds like she's a little self-aware about it, but it's like, um, are other people judging her too harshly or are we judging her more nicely just yeah. because we haven't mm-hmm. seen what happened Yeah, before? I think that's a good question. And I think that that's something that the series kind of plays on throughout is that we get, because of this website, that has been reporting on their lives since the ninth grade they've had, like they have had this um, like spotlight on them. These main characters, Um, they're always the ones that are on Gossip Girl that kind of like defines the the meaning of your social life is if you're reported on Gossip Girl, you're somebody. And I think that Serena was the first blast. I don't know if we say that in this episode or one soon, but she was, the gossip girl started because of Serena. So she is a larger than life presence in the sense that, Mm -hmm. but not everyone knows her in the way that these characters know her. Like uh, Blair, Serena, Chuck and Nate have all been best friends for the longest. So they know each other, but like, so they have a better perception of who Serena is, I feel. Why are they all friends with Chuck? That's my question. Because he seems like he's just kind of a serial rapist. So they're they're friends with Chuck. (laughs) Chuck is the richest man out of all of these people. His his father is insanely wealthy. I would say basically a billionaire. Um, so he he they keep him around for money, it seems. And I also get the feeling that like, you know, you know how you have like a childhood friend and but you, and you're still stuck with the childhood friend throughout, like, as you go through school Yeah, and but stuff. I feel like that applies to being slightly annoying, but not to, like, date right. I don't, I don't know how to explain this to you. Chuck, <laughs> Chuck's character gets retconned a bunch and then also messed up a bunch. Well, that's what I was kind of, like, reading about was, like, uh, I was just reading over Wikipedia and at- wikipedia and it was talking about how chuck becomes like a more major character in the show because in the books he's just kind of a a villain Mm -hmm. um but i was like why would you start him off in the pilot this way i guess maybe they just didn't realize they were going to grow him into such a bigger character because like it's one thing to take someone who's an anti-hero or a villain in the books and then make them more of an anti-hero but this pilot feels like it's setting him up to be a straight villain yeah that's the thing he's portrayed terribly in this pilot and that's our first impression of him I yeah I don't I don't super know what the vision was with Chuck but I do feel like it might have been something like they didn't know what exactly they were going to do with him and then 
Yeah. Uh, so they did this. And then, you know, as the season series went on, they do like bring this up again at multiple points. Um, so like the shitty behavior is not excused, but yeah. it's, it's weird. And, like, and I don't have the time to get into it. Um, having watched it over again, like this past summer and been like, holy hell. Uh, cause in retrospect, actually he still sucks, but yeah, but by the end, there's like no one to really root for if we're all being honest season six really messes everyone up anyway back to the pilot because that's what today's about um let's pretend like we've never seen the rest serena is asleep in her uh in like the chair in her brother's hospital room um his name is eric he wakes up and she's like excited to see him she clearly cares about him a lot um he's her he's her little brother they're very close so Eric kind of wonders about the rumors that are going around about why Serena's back and Serena's like well none of them are about are about you and he kind of makes a comment like oh yeah that's good for mom she'll love that um so Serena's mom comes in and Serena is like I was gonna ask the the nurses if they'll let me take Eric out for breakfast and Serena's mom is like no I'll get him a croissant from down the street um, and so it's very clear that uh, Serena's mother, Lily, is trying to keep a secret. Um, so Serena yeah. goes out into the hall and kind of talks to her and is like, uh, what did you tell people about where Eric has been? And her mother says that she said that Eric is visiting their Aunt Carol in Miami to others. She's kind of keeping up appearances. Um, so Eric has been in the hospital because um, he tried to commit suicide. So he's like been at like, you know, an impatient program Serena's mom is like this is not a good family look so I will hide it away um which we see her do a lot throughout the series it's a yikes but fairly on brand with uh some sets of parents so mm -hmm. so yeah um that's our little first bit of the tension between Serena and her mom um, also, Serena's mom clearly has a picture of who Serena is that doesn't seem to fit with who Serena seems to be. Just, I, But this picture is based off of Serena's previous behavior that we're still learning more about and we get more of through season one. So yep, next we get another parent interaction. Uh, we are back at the Humphrey house. Um, the Humphreys live in this cute little loft in Brooklyn. Uh, as you can tell from their surroundings they are not as rich as all of their other classmates in fact they are not rich they're just normal people rufus their dad is uh very excited because he is in a magazine article his band lincoln hawk the top 10 forgotten bands of the 90s um and they're having like a concert soon uh as like a celebration sort of thing <laughs> Um, so Jenny is sitting and she is stuffing these envelopes for a big party, this big event that is coming up um, on Saturday, the kiss on the lips party. And she makes, she then sort of makes fun of Dan for reading Gossip Girl and Dan kind of plays it off like, oh, I'm not doing, not doing that. Haha. -ha. Basically, Jenny is saying that she, someone noticed her calligraphy um, and was like, uh, oh, can you make these invitations for the party? And if you make them, then you will be invited because um, Jenny is a freshman, Dan is a junior. This is like, she's like trying to get in socially when Dan clearly wants nothing to do 
with the social scene at their school. And their dad is like, when when Jenny says that about the party thing, he's like, that's kind of weird that they weren't just going to invite you anyway. And but then Jenny is like, so you send us to these private schools and you don't want us to have a social life. She's like j- j- trying to do what she can to, you know, be in. And uh, she, he's like, well, I send you to the school so that, you know, you can get a good education. And she's like, but do you want us to have <laughs> friends, dad? Um, so it's, it's a whole thing. Um, but that presents mm-hmm. and sets up the fact that Dan and Jenny are not nearly as well off as their peers. And it sets them apart from everyone else. Um, and it makes things tough for them as we see throughout yeah. season one, specifically with Jenny, um, as she's trying to fit yeah. in with the others. So yeah, uh, then we go to the palace, uh, because Serena's staying there since her mother wanted to renovate again, uh, their, their home, uh, Nate is waiting outside for her. Um, and he kind of is like awkwardly standing there saying he just wanted to check in and Serena looks at him like Nate I didn't come back for you he is just so he's so awkward with her here he's kind of like they like there's so something there's tension with them something clearly happened that is more than Nate just having a crush on Serena and Serena's like we are putting a stop to this because Blair is my best friend and you're her boyfriend so she's like that there's nothing here goodbye to Nate um then we see dan running to meet the bus um he makes the bus thank goodness so he won't be late for school so next we have a scene with chuck and nate they are also on the bus which i have to say is weird because we never see these rich people on the bus again i feel like it was only for this yeah i did think of that i was like do they not have like a personal driver they do have drivers. like i know it's new york city and a lot of people take like in new york city a lot of people that otherwise wouldn't take public transit if they lived in a different city do take public transit but these people are so rich that I don't think they yeah, would no, they do have drivers in other episodes and I feel like this is just manufactured so that they could run into Dan on the bus um yeah so definitely. uh definitely. Chuck everything that Chuck says in this scene is so gross um everything Chuck says yeah. in this pilot is gross actually but yep. basically yep. Chuck says um is talking about Serena he's got on this weird scarf which eventually gets thrown out of his style but I kind of liked his scarf um but he says um that Serena looked really hot last night some other gross things that lead Nate to say you are deeply disturbed so they then they get to talking about Blair and uh Chuck is like you guys have been dating since kindergarten and you haven't sealed the deal I don't understand um you need to tap that because you're entitled to it and I was like Chuck that's not how that works and that's no consent is still important even in a relationship um well not to chuck um (laughs) yikes so then they get off of the bus because they're at school now and they see dan dan is kind of like you know behind them because he's also getting off at this stop and chuck is like are you following us and dan is like i go to your school the uniform didn't tip you off um and (laughs) It's simply so silly. Um, Chuck does this to him multiple times. So this is, yeah, this is set setting, um, hitting home again that Dan is a nobody at school. It doesn't seem like he minds that much, but I think he does find it annoying that he's like, I've literally been in school with you for like three years now, and you don't even recognize my face. Um, how far up your yeah. own ass are you? That feels the tone of Dan's confusion at this but also he doesn't care about chuck 
So next we see, this is an iconic thing of the show, Blair holding court on the steps of the Met. Um, that's where she and her friends sit. She and her diverse sidekicks that do not speak a single word. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's, I was watching that whole scene and I was like, are they going to say anything? <laughs> nope. No. It's terrible. It's so terrible. Um, it's so terrible. <laughs> but they sit there and Jenny... <laughs> Jenny is turning in her in the kiss on the lip in, lips invitations. And then Blair hands her one saying, thanks. Um, you can come now because you did all of the dirty work um, that we weren't going to do. Uh, I think they should have paid her because calligraphy is like really an art. Um, but I think that's like on purpose, though, the whole thing of like she did hours and hours. Of work I know. For them. I know. And they are like, you get to come to the party also because it's not like she couldn't afford to just buy invitations. It's true. It's true. From a professional. Um, yeah, no, it's like simply, simply ridiculous. Um, it's more like she probably thinks she's doing Jenny such a favor mm-hmm. by being like, oh, you get to earn your way into this party. I could just buy invitations, but instead I'm helping you out. Yes, exactly. Um, so Serena comes over, she's holding a yogurt. Um, apparently that's her whole breakfast is this cup of yogurt. Um, and she is like, she notices the invitations and she's like, oh, when's the party? And Blair sits on the steps and she's like, oh, it's Saturday, but you're not invited. Um, and then she says, well, Jenny just took the last invitation and Jenny tries to like, say something like, oh no, you can have it sort of, but Blair cuts her off and tells her you're dismissed. Mm -hmm. Um, so Jenny, Jenny (laughs) leaves. Um, and it's, so it's like very tense Blair and her minions get up and she does actually call them minions throughout the show. Um, and even when she goes to college, she gets some minions. Um, they kind of are interchangeable at different points. Um, but there are more notable ones that weren't in this episode that are funny. So, so they start to leave and Serena is like, Blair, can we meet tonight? And Blair's like, oh, I was kind of going to do a thing with Nate. And Serena's like the palace eight, eight o'clock Nate can wait. And Blair's like, I guess I have half an hour to spare. Um, and Serena says, thanks for making the time. And Blair looks at her and with this like really uh, sarcastic, I don't mean it smile. And she's like, you're my best friend. Um, mm. And then uh, the this bit ends by the voiceover saying, there's nothing Gossip Girl loves more than a good cat fight. And this could be classic. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because... My oh my, the animosity between these two right now is ridiculous. Um, Which is funny to me because Blair doesn't even know Yeah, yet. she has no <laughs> idea. The worst part. But I mean, we do learn a little bit about why she is mad. It's yeah. school is over now. Dan is helping Rufus um, staple some posters to uh, like the, the poles outside about the, the Lincoln Hawk concert. And Dan is like, you know, you could use like the internet. He also mentions MySpace, which every time I hear MySpace, I laugh these days. Um, and then Rufus like is like, oh, well, you know, if artists use less MySpace and spent more time on their art, maybe the music industry would be failing. And Dan is like, okay, you sound weird. Stop talking. Uh, so then Dan gets a text from Jenny saying that she has an emergency and it has an address. And Dan's like, all right, I'm going to go. Uh, will you be okay? And Rufus is like, yeah, yeah, your mom will be back. 
And Dan kind of looks at him. He's like, no, I meant with the flyers. Um, and he's like, oh yeah, yeah. Um, Dan's dad is all over the place in this episode. He's having a hard time. (laughs) So, um, Serena goes to visit Eric and she says, I'm kidnapping you and taking you to Bendel's. I had a terrible day at school and I need to shop. I need retail therapy. Um, so Dan arrives at Bendel's, which is where Jenny is. And he goes up to her and she's in a dress and she's like, which one? Like, kind of like having a crisis. He's like, this is your emergency. She's like, yeah, a fashion emergency. Um, because she doesn't know what she's going to wear to the kiss on the lips party. It's a big deal. Um, my sister kind of talks like this now. She's like, if I take photos in this outfit, I can never wear it again. And I'm like, I don't under, I don't understand this, but okay. Um, that's, that's how this sounded to me with, with Jenny, um, <laughs> yeah. but to a higher degree, because these people are rich and she's trying to fit in with them. Um, but basically she yeah. says that the dress that she's wearing is more than their rent, um, but she can sew something like it. She's very savvy um, and very creative. Yeah. Um, Serena and Eric arrive at the store. Serena sees Jenny and kind of comes up to her because she remembered her from earlier. And Dan like ducks behind a rack of clothing because Jenny goes to introduce him. And she's like, this is my, and then she realizes that her brother is not behind her anymore. So she's like, oh, never mind." Um, And then Jenny pulls out an invitation for Serena that she made for the kiss on the lips party. She's like, I did this in my free period, but if anyone asks where you got it, I know nothing. And then Serena, as she's like, you know, leaving the store says to her that the dress that she's wearing, which is red, would look better in black. Next up, we've got Chuck and Nate. They're having another scene about Blair. Um, they're smoking weed. Nate says that he needs it because Blair's mom is at the country house and he's talking about going to have sex with Blair as though he's about to like walk to his death. Um, and Chuck is like, I don't understand this. Why are you not excited about having sex with your girlfriend? And clearly Nate doesn't want to be with Blair anymore. Um, so, but then instead of really answering the question, he says, do you ever feel like our whole lives have been planned out for us? Because Nate also has a lot going on in his mind. Poor sweet Nate. He's like, he's also clearly still thinking about all that stuff with his dad. And like, he doesn't want to go to Dartmouth. Chuck basically says something like what we're entitled to is a trust fund, but happiness does not seem to be on the menu. He's like, we'll, we'll get money, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to be happy, whatever. But like, what does it matter when we're filthy rich? Um, so next we have this interrogation scene at the bar Serena and Blair are meeting. It's so funny to me to like watch like 17, 16 year olds just sitting at a bar so openly. Um, They don't even look old enough to drink, frankly. So they're just sitting there at the bar. They're talking, they've got martinis. It is like so funny because it's like, it's like that little, that cosplay of playing older that we talked about, like, especially with rich kids who kind of do like act try and act a little bit older than they actually are which is you Mm -hmm. see a lot of on this show like people holding court at like different bars and restaurants and that sort of thing very interesting um rich people behavior um so basically Serena's checking in asking saying she wishes she had been there for you know when her 
when her mom was going through the divorce and Blair is like, so my dad left her for another man. It's been good for her. She lost 15 pounds and got an eye lift. Um, and just like, you know, Blair has been going through a lot. Her parents got divorced. Um, we also learn later Blair adores her father. Um, and she, she like has like a, a bit of a rockier relationship with her mom at the start. So, um, things have been weird for her this past year. Um, now that her dad left. So um, Serena is like, oh, I wish I could have been there. And Blair is like, you could have been, but you didn't even tell me you were leaving. So basically, Blair has been really hurt by the fact that Serena just kind of up and left New York and then went to Connecticut to boarding school. And the way that Blair found out wasn't from Serena, but was from calling Serena's mom and her going, oh, Serena didn't tell you, Um, which (laughs) is which I would feel shitty if your best friend just up and leaves and doesn't say anything. There's also the sense as this conversation happens that had, that there's always been a sort of power struggle between Blair and Serena for like, who's in charge, who's the queen bee. And I think that had Mm -hmm. Serena still been there, Blair wouldn't necessarily have gotten to be queen bee herself because Serena has always been more popular than Blair Like Blair is smart and she's pretty and she has money, but Serena has always been V1. And I think that there's always been this bit of jealousy, which I feel like you can really tell through this conversation um, is going on. Mm -hmm. But they, um, so like Blair opens up a bit saying that she was hurt. Serena is like, I don't want to hurt you anymore. Um, And it kind of seems like they're going to make up. So they hug. Um, and Blair's like, I have to go meet Nate. Um, and they say, I love you. And then Blair leaves. And once she's gone, clearly Serena still has something on her mind, some guilt perhaps because she downs that martini like nobody's business. Next up, we are back in Brooklyn at the Humphrey loft. Jenny's at her sewing machine. Dan comes in and Jenny kind of makes fun of him for immediately fleeing uh, when Serena arrived, because um, we learned that Dan has had a crush on Serena since she said hi to him in the ninth grade at a party. And Dan is like, she was actually the only one to acknowledge me. Thanks. Um, oh. <laughs> literally the only one. And I'm like, wow. That's sad. People are, children, teenagers are so rude. Yeah. That's that's not nice. Um, that people, yeah. no one was talking to him. And then Serena said hi. And now he's like, I'm in love with her. Um, that's that's Ooh. Dan. Dan is set up as such like a like in watching earlier seasons, I'm like, oh Dan. Um, but then as further in, you're like, oh Dan. Um, anyway. Oh no. <laughs> uh but also I think that I am very charmed by Dan a lot of the times, just generally because I'm charmed by Penn Badgley and his general demeanor. Um, so I think that he works really well for this character, especially in the early seasons. I think mm-hmm. that a lot of the stuff that happened with Dan was not ne- was kind of like a, a writing issue, but we're not going to get into it. Anyway, uh, Jenny is saying that, you know, um, I know that Serena's staying at the palace and she's probably there sipping martinis all alone, which she actually is. And so then Jenny is like, well, dad's working at, late at the gallery. He owns a gallery now. So I was going to get Indian food. Do you want to get takeout? Um, and Dan is like, you know what? I am going to go out. I'm going to go. And he leaves again. And Jenny is like, good, because I already ordered and I only got enough for one. Um, so <laughs> she was like, this is perfect timing. 
Next up, we see Serena back at the bar. Um, Chuck enters um, and he sits down next to Serena. And he says to her, I'm going to have to tell my parents the hotel they just bought serves minors. And then Serena says, which I thought was a good comeback. And if they serve you, I'm going to have to tell, you, tell them they serve pigs because <laughs> Chuck is gross. Um, also, yeah, he is. I would like to point out that in this uh, line, this is a pilot inconsistency. Chuck mentions his parents. Um, but then later on, we learn that Chuck never knew his mother and he only, he only has his oh. dad. So supposedly his mother died um in child like giving birth to him uh so he and his father have a very complicated relationship also his father is simply the worst man of all time uh anyway i mean that's not too shocking (laughs) not seeing how chuck came out Mm -hmm. anyway so serena kind of mentions that she's hungry she's been drinking on an empty stomach and Chuck is like, well, what would you say if I could get you a grilled cheese with truffle oil or something like truffles? I know you love that. And she's like, I know that's not on the menu. He's like, I have an in because his family owns the hotel. He yeah. can get her a grilled cheese with truffle oil. That's not hard. So these scenes are kind of intercut with what is about to be a very iconic scene. Yeah. One of the most iconic scenes It actually comes back like multiple times throughout season one. Uh, so yeah. Nate goes to meet Blair. Um, she's in her room. It's uh, got mood lighting candles and she's there in like some lingerie. And he, Nate is like, oh, wow. Like not enthusiastic in the slightest. And she's like, I wanted it to be special. And she kind of goes in to kiss him and he simply pulls away. Um, and he's like, hey, there's something I have to tell you. Um, we go back to uh, Serena and Chuck at the uh hotel um they're in the kitchen uh serena has her grilled cheese and she is eating it and he gives the chef money basically saying close the kitchen early today and she's eating the sandwich and she's like it's really good and he's like how will you repay me and she's like it's just a sandwich chuck um he's (laughs) like she's like i'm not gonna have sex with you because you made me a sandwich what basically he kind of starts to come on to her and he's like so you worried nate will find out and Serena looks at him like, what the fuck? What do you know? Um, and Chuck mentions the shepherd wedding last year. He's like, you think I don't know why you left town? So here is this iconic flashback of uh, yeah. Serena and Nate alone in like a hotel bar at this wedding, this infamous shepherd wedding. And, you know, they've got this bottle of champagne and they're kind of, they're very drunk and they're like, you know, dancing. Serena's like dancing on the bar. They open the champagne and they're like very close and they're about to, they're about to hook up. It looks like. Um, So then we cut back to Blair and Nate um, as Nate has been basically telling this to uh, Blair at the same time. And she's like, you guys kissed, that's it. And Blair seems like she'd be able to forgive that. Just that she's like, yeah, that's fine. Um, But then we learn that Nate and Serena had sex which means that Serena took Nate's virginity, which is they were going to lose it together. It's a whole thing. And then it cuts back to the flashback of them hooking up and it cuts to uh, Chuck watching from above. So he knows this was really steamy too. Oh yeah. For teenagers, it it was more steamy than you usually see on TV. Yeah. This is like very much, I feel like this is like one of the, like the, the setting, the CW steamy standards. Um, a bit yeah because 
Honestly, I feel like they've just been chasing Gossip Girl ever since mm-hmm. this. That's how I feel with every sex scene I have watched on Riverdale. Um, it's like, I've seen like ones that made me more uncomfortable than Gossip Girl, frankly. So we see Chuck who saw this. I don't know why he was there. I guess he was just, you know, minding his business or whatever, or being creepy as, as he does. Um, and he's like, best friend and the boyfriend. It's pretty classy. Um, Serena, I think you're more like me than you'd admit. Um, and Serena is like, no, I'm trying to change. I'm trying to be better. And Chuck says, I liked you better before. Um, then tries to come on to her and she does not want to have sex with him, does not want to be anywhere near him. Um, and eventually she, um, pushes him off of her and knees him in the balls and, yeah rushes off it is to be said he's trying to kiss her and trying to touch her for like several minutes and she's saying no no and pushing him off and he does not stop at all until she needs him in the balls Mm -hmm. um it's not great it was not a casual miscommunication thing absolutely not um and at the same time Blair is kicking Nate out she's like get out she's mad obviously he slept with someone else next we see dan dan is really getting himself into some mess over this girl i feel Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. so dan arrives at the palace bar and he kind of like looks around and he doesn't see any he hasn't seen anyone he knows there like who else would you see at a bar when you're 16 um so (laughs) he but then uh serena is coming out of the kitchen so she runs into him and she drops all her things um and he's like oh i'm so sorry and he kind of like helps her pick them up and she's like doesn't care she's in a bad mood he helps her pick up her things and she kind of storms off but she left her phone so dan has her phone now and then uh you also dan also notices chuck walk by um and he's kind of like what's going on Next, it's the next day now, um, Nate and his dad, who Nate's dad is also a trash individual. Anyway, so Nate and his dad are on a run together. Um, Nate's dad asks if he had fun with Blair last night. And Nate's like, well, we got into this big fight. But, you know, I think it might be for the best. He's like saying, I think we kind of broke up, but it, that's okay. Because I think that, you know, it was time for us to be over, which is true and correct. Uh, and then Nate's dad is like, but hey, you'll get, you guys will work it out. Blair's a great girl. Um, and Nate and Nate is like, what are you talking about? He's like, he doesn't want Nate to break up with Blair just yet because um, Blair's mom, who is a fashion designer, um, is about to take her company public. And he wants, Nate's dad wants to like be the one to facilitate the deal um, with his, you know, finance, whatever. Nate basically is like, your family is depending on you. Nate's dad says this to Nate and Nate is like, Nate is confused. He's like, what what does my dating Blair have to do with you courting her mom's company? And Nate's dad is just like, we have to keep everyone happy. Basically, sometimes you just do things because you're supposed to do them. I really don't like Nate's parents. I think they're just the worst. (laughs) And Next, we see Dan trying to return Serena's phone to the, like, the hotel. He's, like, talking to this guy behind the desk, and the man is asking him all of these questions, like, how did you have this person's phone? Why are you in here if you're not a guest? And Dan is so confused. He's, like, and he says a line that I thought was funny. He's, like, when Prince, you know, when Prince Charming found Cinderella's glass slipper, they didn't accuse him of having a foot fetish. Um, It's a whole thing. Dan is, like, so lost. Dan is very relatable this episode. Um... 
he he becomes less relatable um as time goes on which is fair because he does start to get thrown more into the wealth of it all but I think that he's a good character for us to kind of follow at the beginning of this um because we we get it like as people that did not grow up with insane wealth where we are also about as confused as he is right now um but thankfully Serena happens to be down coming downstairs so she walks out and the guy behind the desk is like oh Serena and Dan is like, no, don't call, don't call. She's not going to remember me. And then she does actually, she's like, oh yeah, from last night. Um, and Dan is like, oh wow, she really did remember me. And she, and so she gets her phone back. She's like, thanks for finding it. Um, then Serena's mom, Lily, I'm going to just keep calling her Lily now. She comes in and mm-hmm. she says, oh, I found a dress for you for kiss on the lips. Um, and Serena's like, oh, you know what? I'm not really going to go anymore. Um, I have plans with this guy and Dan kind of looks and he's like oh yeah me I'm Dan Humphrey Lily kind of looks like oh okay um and she's like so what are you guys doing and Serena and Dan kind of look at each other and then Dan takes a the Lincoln Hawk flyer out of his pocket and he's like we are going to a concert of this band and uh (laughs) Serena's like yeah I love them and Lily looks at this poster like oh what huh and (laughs) uh she's kind of like okay then have fun um and kind of goes away then Dan you know leaves thinking that Serena was not actually serious about going out with him and she says so you'll pick me up at eight and he turns around like what And he's like, you'd really go out with some guy you don't know? And she says, well, you can't be worse than the guys I do know, which is true and correct. Um, So now Serena and Dan are going to hang out. This is beyond Dan's wildest dreams. Um, (laughs) I don't, he's gotten very lucky in the past day. Next, we cut to Nate and Blair who are out having sushi. Nate is apologizing and saying that he wants to put everything in the past. And he says that he won't talk to Serena anymore. Um, And Blair is like, I agree. Um, And she says it very quick. He's like, it'll be like she doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, good luck with that, bro. It's like when everyone else is talking about her. Also, they go to the same school. And like, as someone that went to a private school, it's very small. You cannot avoid people there. So that is insane to me when they say things like that. Like later Blair says something like she better not show her face again. And I'm like, she has to come to school. Like she's going to have to. Um, Anyway, Nate seems kind of surprised that that's all it took. But um, she's like, I overreacted. Um, And she says, I'm sure you have no feelings for her anymore, Um, which is false. In fact, Um, Mm -hmm. Nate deals with these feelings for Serena for many seasons, actually, um (laughs) he's gone for her um anyway next up lily goes to brooklyn a place she does not frequent um as an upper east side wasp mother um so she is at a gallery it is rufus humphrey's gallery um and he sees her and is kind of like what are you doing here you buying some more art for your apartment or whatever and she's like why is my daughter going to one of your concerts with 
what with uh your son and Rufus is like huh I didn't know about this but then he's also <laughs> like oh Dan scored a date with Serena good for him <laughs> and, then, and then Lily is like this isn't a ploy to get me back um is it um so this yeah. is this is um a plot that is manufactured for the show that I actually have always been really into um Lily and Ruth so Lily and Rufus back in Rufus's uh a band rock star days in the 90s used to date they they like as in they were like in love in love used to date it's a good arc for them then it gets sad um but I I do love the beginning stages of their rekindling it basically what happened is it sounds like Rufus is still a bit bitter about the fact that um, he caught Lily cheating on him with some other rock stars. I think she mentioned like, I think he mentioned like Trent Reznor um, and someone else. I can't remember, but I remember the Trent Reznor. Um, And then he is like, he like makes mention of the fact that she switched out rock stars for billionaires. Basically she, they're, they're, it's a little icy between them at the moment, but also a little flirty. Um, and she's like, just stay out of my life, Rufus, and leaves. Um, and then we see Dan and Jenny, they're getting ready for their nights out. Um, Jenny is like, you've got a date with Serena. I'm going to the kiss on the lips party. Dan is wearing a ridiculous vest. Um, it's so 2007. It was appropriate for the time. It was appropriate for the time, but now I look at it and I'm like, he wears a lot of vests actually. Um, mm-hmm. it, it works. So he goes to go pick up Serena um, back, in, back in Manhattan. And then Rufus is like, have, has a moment with Jenny because he's very struck by how much she looks like her mom. Mm-hmm. Next, we cut to Blair getting ready for her night out. Um, this is not a cute interaction with Blair's mom. Yeah. Um, and uh, Blair's mom comes in and she's like, oh, this dress isn't as elegant as the one that I picked out for you. Um, Although I have to say she was being terrible, but the dress that Blair had on it was, was not, not good. It, was, it wasn't a good dress. <laughs> it seemed like it actually didn't fit her yeah. properly. Um, and so then Blair's mom says to her, as she's like, you know, got her hands on her shoulders and, you know, is looking in the mirror. She says, you will never be more beautiful or thin or happy than you are right now. I just want you to make the most of it. Which is a horribly depressing thing to say. Yeah. I was like, uh, every, like literally everything out of, I call um, Blair's pilot mom and her actual mom different because the pilot mom has such a different personality than what mm-hmm. her mother, the, that they later cast has that mm-hmm. I don't even yeah. think of them as the same. I mean, like even yeah. Blair's like the woman that ends up being actually cast as Eleanor Waldorf, like has some of the same qualities, but not in this intense way where this was like her only yeah. personality trait was commenting on Blair's weight. Um, yeah. Which is really sucky. Um, and don't do that. It's like, I mean, I'm not that I'm trying to minimize it because it's horrible. You shouldn't comment about anyone's weight. You especially shouldn't say that to your children yeah. because that will fuck them up. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if you took the appearance part out of it, it's still a very depressing thing to say to your child. This is the happiest you'll ever be. I was like, I hope you, not. it only gets worse from here. I hope not. I'm only 16 mom. <laughs> what? Yeah. That is, that is horrible. It was horrible. Not, I was like, I did not have fun when I was 16 to hear that. I have more fun yeah. now and I'm not even having that much fun. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, 
Next, we see this is our wealth porn moment of the episode. Mm-hmm. It is the limo ride mm-hmm. montage, uh, much like we had the helicopters in succession. Oh, yeah. We, this is they're on their way to a party. Um, as I was like going through the Wikipedia page, um, I'll mention one of the hallmarks of the show is that pretty much every episode tends to lead to like some event or party or like dinner or something like that, like a big thing where drama drama occurs it's funny how every single dinner and event and whatever is like the end of the world for rich people considering they go to so fucking many why is every single one the end of the world you should watch the next episode which is a brunch which i love um god anyway fuck now i want brunch should we get brunch tomorrow (gasps) that's a good idea if we're not doing anything else i don't think i'm doing anything let's get (laughs) let's leave this in the episode (laughs) wow okay um so yeah (laughs) they are in the limo there is champagne there is um time appropriate music playing um the music Mm -hmm. in gossip girl the soundtrack is just amazing like every song I enjoyed it it took me back to my youth it is and I enjoyed that literally every song I'm like wow this is perfect for this later on there's Adele Florence and the Machine such good moments so well so well like thought out props to the music Mm -hmm. supervisor um Mm -hmm. for this Mm -hmm. they really did that I don't know who the music supervisor was anyway um, but we know what a music supervisor is which is more than most people yes that's true shout out to music supervisors you're really doing the work ah I love them um so yeah they're they're you know they've got their champagne they're having a great time it's a party the only person not having a good time is Nate um Nate simply is always having a bad time I've noticed as I've rewatched this often yeah (laughs) I'm like oh sir he's sad often um <clears throat> so next uh Dan arrives to pick Serena up and uh he sees her on the balcony their eyes meet they smile they are presented as our main couple right off the bat it's it's a cute little moment for them then we get to the actual kiss on the lips party a little bit more like wealth porn these are very fancy looking parties um never seen a party like this never been to one um don't think mm-hmm. I will ever go to one um Probably not <laughs> so it's nice to watch it here then we see Jenny is also at the party and she's like talking to someone but she looks a little nervous um Chuck spots her asks one of Blair's minions who's that um the, the minion says that it's Jenny Humphrey she's a freshman Chuck says I love freshmen to which I said yuck um it yeah. was like it, it was like simply everything he said it just like screamed date rape and I said no not this and so then he goes up to her and introduces himself and obviously she knows who he is she reads Gossip Girl religiously as do most people at this school so she's like oh my god Chuck Bass is talking to me um so next we've got uh Dan and Serena they are you know walking through Brooklyn now uh Serena asks if she's overdressed she is a bit mm -hmm. (laughs) um but like what else is she gonna wear then uh dan sees uh his dad um he's like i want to introduce you to the band and she's like what are you a groupie and he's like haha sort of because it's his dad's band so he like Uh introduces he introduces rufus 
um, and Serena, and they are very early. And Dan is Dan over budgeted time because they had to get from Manhattan to Brooklyn. That's a long trip. Um, so they're very early now. Serena goes, you took me to meet your dad on a first date. And Dan is like, <laughs> Dan is like, oh, so this is a date. And then he goes, I should have worn my loafers then. Um, oh. <laughs> this is, this is very cute. They get less cute as time goes on, but like their first like few interactions are like actually very adorable. Um, yeah. Yeah. So now we're back to kiss on the lips party. It's not going great. Uh, so Chuck is talking to Jenny and he says, let's go somewhere more quiet. Um, and she's like, okay. Um, and he like takes her like far upstairs. Um, and she's like, well, this is quiet. Um, very quiet actually. And, uh, the, he's kind of like leaning in she's like up against a wall if she he leans in and he kisses her and she kind of seems like okay no and then pulls away and he's like oh sorry sorry and she she's like it's uncomfortable um Mm -hmm. she's like you said you wanted to talk um and then he she's like uh why don't we go back to the party um, and he's like, well, let's have some champagne first. And she's like, and he basically forces her yeah. to drink some champagne. I was literally watching him. I was like, is he about to slip a roofie in this? Yeah, no, I also have that. This is, these are, these are things that I've blocked out of my memory, like from every time I've seen this pilot. And then yeah. I remember it. It wasn't even like lightly rapey. It was like extremely rapey. Yeah. Um, so he so she's she like says yeah I'll have a champagne and as he's pouring it while he's got his back kind of turned she texts she sends a text to someone um so Dan and Serena are having an awkward time uh Dan just clearly doesn't interact with others often is the vibe I got from this um and he says to her my sister was right you're nice and Serena's like you didn't think I was nice um it's like I don't know why he admitted that but um okay sir and then they have some cute banter um but Dan gets a text from Jenny that says it's an emergency um I would like to point out the last emergency that Jenny said she had was a fashion emergency so it's good that she sent the second text um or Dan might have said what is this um yeah so she does send a second text that's like you know Chuck and then uh Dan is like hey I have to go my sister says it's an emergency. She mentioned some guy named Chuck and Serena's like, oh, I'll come with you because if it is Chuck, it's not, it's really not okay. Yeah. They hurry to the party. Um, they were really far away. Um, so, but we're yeah. not going to talk about time, the passage of time. They get there. That's the important part. Um, but this mm-hmm. also means that Serena has crashed the party. Um, so everyone's whispering and seeing her around. So Dan says he's going to do a lap and look for Jenny. Um, but all of these people are like, oh my God, Serena's here. She wasn't invited. And they're like texting each other uh-huh. and texting Gossip Girl. Yeah. So phones start dinging <laughs> on their razor phones. <laughs> so 2007. Oh, apparently yeah. um, this show had a sponsorship with Verizon. So everyone's phones were oh. Verizon. Um, a lot of product placement opportunities for this uh, television program. Blair kind of sees spot Serena um, and she starts to like go over to her, but Nate is like, hey, don't kick her out. And then Blair is gets upset. She's like, do you invite her? And Nate's like, no, just don't make a scene. Um, 
And so Serena turns to Blair. She doesn't know that Blair knows about the Nate thing. So she's confused as to why Blair looks so upset. But um, Blair just looks mad and walks away. So then we are up on the roof where um, Chuck is uh, trying to force himself on Jenny. And it's not, it's not good. Um, and it's so really bad. it's really bad. Um, Dan and Serena are headed upstairs though. So that's good at least. Um, and Dan is like, why would they be up here? No one's up here. But then Serena's like, that's Chuck's scarf. So they do that's make precisely why they are up on the roof because no one else is up yes, there. Exactly. Um, so then they see Chuck's scarf and they keep going upstairs to the roof. So they get there. Um, and the, Dan is like, what the hell? Um, and pulls Chuck off of Jenny and, uh, he's like, Chuck is like, who are you? (laughs) He keeps saying this. Dan is like, are you kidding me? We've been in the same class. He says, my name is Dan Humphrey and that is my little sister. And then he punches Chuck in the face. Um, yeah. And which was good. That was cathartic. Um, yeah. to see, especially after all that time of him ignoring him and being like, who are you throughout the episode? Yeah. Also just the fuck, like literally everything that comes out of his mouth is so gross to yeah. be interrupted while you're about to rape this girl and then just be upset that the guy who interrupted you, that he's a nobody. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's so backwards. Um, so yeah. So Dan gets that line. I don't remember that line, but as it happened, I was like, that's pretty iconic of him. Um, anyways, um, then Serena pushes Chuck for good measure and is like, don't you ever touch her again. Um, and then Chuck calls after them saying of Jenny, your life is over slut. Not, not good. Not a good look. So Dan, Jenny and Serena all head back downstairs. Jenny just wants to go home. Um, and you see all of these people are still staring at Serena because they're like, what the fuck is she doing here? Um, and Dan reaches out and takes her hand because he's like, hey, I got you. They go call a cab. Dan asks if he has a shot at a second date. And Serena says they can talk about it in the cab. Um, and she gets in the cab with Dan and Jenny. Um, and you can see that Blair is watching them leave. She's standing at the door of the party looking mad and Nate is in the corner, uh, drinking a beer, looking angsty and sad, um, also watches them leave in the cab. Uh, oh baby. Um, Chuck cups up, comes up behind Blair and he's wiping the blood off his face with his scarf. And Blair says of Serena, she better not show her face again, which again, Serena goes to your school. She has (laughs) to show her face, Blair, sweetie. I love you, but she's gonna show up. Um, and then Chuck says, I'm actually hoping she will. Cause as, as noted before, Chuck likes drama. So then we get our last gossip girl blast of the episode. It says spotted Serena making a heroic exit from B's party too bad for her. There's school on Monday until next time, you know, you love me gossip girl. So it kind of like starts yeah. with Serena on the train and then it ends with Serena in the cab um she is our lady and that's the episode yeah so I guess my question for you because I was trying to answer it for myself as I was watching this because we've talked about how pilots even though this is definitely obviously an ensemble show pilots usually have kind of one protagonist but I was like 
a little bit having trouble picking who is the protagonist in this one. Yeah. Because I feel like structurally it's kind of Serena because she's the one like coming back and she gets the framing at the beginning and the end of the episode and a lot of the drama centered around her. But then I felt like Dan in some ways was kind of the audience's point of entry because he's more reasonable and normal and easy to root for. But then I was also confused because as I read the books, I really felt like Blair was the main character. Mm Mm-hmm. So that like, but I didn't feel like she was the main character in this pilot. Yeah, I, I agree. I was actually waffling back and forth. Um, but I think that, I think it's interesting because like, like Serena is the framing device for the whole episode pretty much. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do feel like we followed more of Dan's journey throughout, which I think is an, it's an interesting and probably a good choice considering we know that the only person that Dan has ever cared about in school is Serena. And this is the first day that we see Dan interact with anyone from school in a significant way. And of course it would mm-hmm. be with Serena. So maybe, maybe they're like both the people the protagonist like, yeah I mean there there can mm-hmm. be multiple yeah. like we've talked about how it's not really a hard and fast role but yeah just a common mm-hmm. thing um but I found myself yeah, I more know. so following Dan in this episode than anyone else he's definitely the one I was rooting for the one that I was like I see your goals and I am aligned with them mm-hmm. more than anybody else it's hard for me to say now that my view is colored by the whole rest of the series especially because I've watched it so much and for anyone that doesn't know, Blair is like my favorite character. Um, no, it's like, I feel like if I had to list like favorite characters, it would be like Blair and then everyone else down at the bottom. She's doing a very large gap between her two hands <laughs> yes. as she says that. <laughs> yes, that, that was what I was doing. Um, so, so it is hard. I feel like it is hard to kind of like not watch it that way anymore. Yeah, I feel like our main people we were following were Dan and Serena, which also kind of fits with the rest of the show, frankly. And it does become a bit more ensemble as time goes on and everyone kind of gets their own plots so and their own story. So like all of the people introduced in this episode do all have moments of their own story. Like they all have an A story at times, you know? And I think it sets up decently what the show is going to be like as well. Other thoughts or questions from you? I guess not so much specific things because this is the kind of show where like, I feel like I got a very strong vibe of what the show will be like. It's not so much that I have particular questions of like, oh, how is this going to play out? Because I just know it's going to be a lot of drama. And then once this drama starts to die out, there'll be new drama. Like I know it'll just be cycling drama. Mm-hmm. So it's not so much that I have a particular thing that I'm curious about, but like I would I would tune in and I would watch more of these characters being dramatic. Like yeah, there's not like one big question I'm so much curious about, but like I feel like they did they presented a compelling environment, compelling uh characters, compelling circumstances and they also made it clear of like this is what the show is going to be like. It's just going to be kind of endless gossip and wealth porn and ridiculousness. Yeah. And, you know, it makes a good, a good pitch for itself. It's something that is entertaining to watch. So I feel like this is another one of those kinds of shows that, you know, kind of like Bridgerton, it's not the thing I don't get into it quite as much as you do. I do find it enjoyable sometimes when I'm in the mood for it. So, you know, maybe one day when I'm feeling in the mood, I'll pick this up and I'll start binging it. 
this is just like a fun teen drama, which is the thing that I yeah. really enjoy about it. Um, and I think even without having seen it, I feel like I can tell so many other teen obviously this was not the first teen drama ever like teen dramas have existed for a long time there's like you know Beverly Hills 90210 and the Mm -hmm. OC and stuff but like I feel like this one has really inspired a lot of the ones that have come since in the 21st century yeah I feel Um, like this was um after the OC was like the the next like big one the thing that I love about this show is throughout it doesn't take itself super seriously I think that's why I always had so much fun with it because it's like, even though it was ridiculous, it was like, but, and I think that that's another thing that I like about succession that they live in such a ridiculous Mm -hmm. world and they're taking it so seriously that, you know, you don't have to take it seriously, you know? Yeah. And it's also then fun to have Dan, this character who doesn't understand a thing, a blessed thing about this world, then come in and yeah. be so confused by literally everything these characters go He's through. kind of like Greg. Yeah. Um, but, but Dan is more annoying than Greg, frankly. Um, you didn't get that in this episode. Dan has a huge chip on his shoulder. He has a, like, I guess it's a rightfully earned chip on his shoulder where he has to work a lot harder than these other kids because they're just, you know, going to get into an Ivy League anyway. Um, You know, it's one of those things. Um, But he's like very self-righteous about it to start. And then, spoiler, when Rufus and Lily get married and he basically just starts acting rich and Vanessa calls him on it, it's a whole thing. I'm like, Dan, pick (laughs) one. So yeah, we got a bunch of good moments of like, what are the big hallmarks of the show? I don't know that we really got any pop culture references in this episode, but that was a big thing. Yeah. That's actually a huge thing of the show is they like reference a lot of pop culture, that sort of thing. Um, And it comes into play probably in the next episode or two. Um, I wonder if they purposefully avoided it in the pilot because if they were making it ahead of when it was actually going to air and they didn't want the references to be dated. That's fair. That's probably a good point. Um, And so every episode is has a title a fun title that's a play on like the title of a film or a book um so that's Mm -hmm. something that's another thing I've always enjoyed about um the the show this show is a lot but it's like a lot in a fun way um because you know they're they're teenagers so they're also going through teenagery things um it also has some fun uh like guest stars and other recurring characters that are introduced later. I will say one thing about the reboot and then I will stop because the reboot is not done airing season one. And I do think it's hard to talk about, even if, even though this is a show about the pilot, I do think it's hard to talk about the, like a a TV when you haven't fully seen where they're going with it. Um, So Mm -hmm. Um, the reboot, when I found out about it, I was like, oh, I don't know, because I love the original so much, but I was like, well, I'm obviously going to give it a chance because it's like one of Gossip Girl is one of my favorite things. Um, so I, I have been giving it a chance. Um, it's set in, it's set now in 2021. They, it's, it's different in the sense that it follows, it's a little bit less about like, you know, the fun of the original Gossip Girl. I feel like it so far it still has like pop culture references and that sort of thing and you do still see these teenagers you know going to big parties and events and that sort of thing but it feels a bit less it's less camp um which Mm. I feel like was one of my favorite parts of the original so it's 
kind of hard for me to like see past that at times. And the biggest difference that I'm going to spoil right now is that you immediately know who Gossip Girl is. Um, you know, you learn in the first episode and that was like the whole mystery of the original who is Gossip Girl. So I feel like they're getting out of getting it out of the way was an interesting choice and probably the right choice, I would say. Although I do wonder how they're going to navigate it now that we know. I can't imagine. So basically now in the reboot, Gossip Girl is in an Instagram account. So that, that makes sense. sense. I have to wonder how they're going to navigate the fact that I simply think that the person, the people who are Gossip Girl are going to get caught um, slash they should be sent to jail, frankly. <laughs> um, uh, wow. Uh, it's the teachers. <laughs> oh no, yeah. that's awful. I hate that actually. Yeah, no, I, every time they do something, I'm like, absolutely not. You are all the worst people alive. Jail for each no. and every one of you. Um, yeah, no, 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 that's no. <laughs> It's bad. I'm like, every time I'm like, what is going on? Um, so like people still send in tips and stuff, but also the teachers like oddly place themselves where students would be. It's very invasive. I'm I like, don't like that. Don't you have a life of your own? It's like, That's, it makes me so uncomfortable. Um, so yeah, like the thing that makes gossip girl work is that's the sort of stupid shit that a kid would do to other kids. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's, ooh, I hate that. I hate it being the teacher. So I, it's, I do find it interesting and I want to see what they do with it. Slash, I hope that by the end of season one, they get caught and maybe. Yeah. Um, it sounds like they should. I do think they should. Um, but yeah. But then like someone else will become like the new gossip girl. Maybe yeah. that's what they're going to do. Maybe they're going to have kind of a new gossip girl rise every season. Yeah, it's like, I kind of hope that it's that or that like, you know, one of the kids finds out and holds it against them mm -hmm. um that could also be interesting but yeah there is so the whole gossip girl reveal in the series finale was actually quite disappointing because uh if you've been on the internet and you know it's dan um it doesn't actually make sense that it's dan slash it also makes dan seem like the worst man of all time uh, based on all of the things that he ever posted about anyone also terrible things about his sister went through gossip girl um so it's like this doesn't make it doesn't super add up to the picture of dan that was given to us throughout the whole thing although he does say something very astute in the middle of season six even though season six is bad um he and serena have a very on again off again relationship um they shouldn't have gotten back together most of the times they did um, but <laughs> no, he published like these essays about scathing essays about literally everyone, uh, in his life, including his father, uh, it was terrible, but his father sucks too. Um, but he ended up publishing a bad one about Serena while he was with Serena. So like he had written it over the summer before he and Serena got together, oh, but then he had written a nice one. So he ends up publishing this awful article about Serena and Vanity Fair, and it's a whole thing. And it happens in one of the Thanksgiving episodes, and then Nate punches him in the face. It's lovely. Um, but basically, Serena is like, I thought you were different. And Dan basically says, I tried to be different, but that got me nowhere because like, and, and it was actually yeah. fits in so well with the whole point of the show. It was like, he was always on the outside yeah. and he 
realized that that wasn't going to get him anywhere. So he's like, how am I supposed to fit in with you unless I become you? So I actually, that's, I think, one of the most astute things to ever be said on the show, even though I don't like season six. So yeah, if this is a story of an outsider becoming an insider and then becoming somehow worse than everyone else who was already in, um, that Mm -hmm. is what Gossip Girl becomes. But it's a really interesting and crazy ride. But yeah, anyway, I think think one of the biggest strengths of Gossip Girl in all its iterations is it knows what it is. It knows exactly what it's trying to be, and it does that. Yeah, I don't super know what the reboot's trying to be yet, which is why we can't talk about it. Um, yeah, that much in depth. But maybe one day after the reboot is fully done with season one, we can discuss it. I yeah, I really do feel like you sometimes need a whole first season to understand what a show is trying to do. Exactly, and that's why, like, even though at the moment I haven't been, I haven't super enjoyed the. Ep- I've like enjoyed aspects of the episodes that have been that have come out already but I haven't like enjoyed it as a whole and it's because it's not done yet Mm -hmm. so like I don't I've never super understood like fully criticizing something when you haven't seen it all and you know there's more coming yeah so yeah I always watch things as like I'm wary of where this looks like it's going but maybe I'm wrong which is how I'm feeling about it um but I know I I'll I can wait I'll I'll see there's gonna be a Thanksgiving episode um, so, and that's an iconic thing of Gossip Girls, the Thanksgiving episodes, um, go back and listen to our holiday special from last year. We discuss, mm-hmm. um, the treasure of Serena Madre, um, which is the season three Thanksgiving, um, which is very fun and involves mm, what you say. So yeah, uh, that's Gossip Girl. It is a fun time. I actually also, I, I didn't say this to the, to the people, but when I first watched this episode, I almost didn't continue on. Um, 15-year-old me said, hmm, I don't know about this one. Um, <laughs> maybe that was to do with Chuck, but I don't really remember. I simply don't I mean, remember. that is pretty strong for a first episode. Yeah. Like, I think I would be wary too. Yeah. Um, it's literally he tries to date rape two different women in the first episode and doesn't immediately get like consequences for it so it's like hmm it's wild though because Chuck (laughs) he they really do a whole 180 on his character in a way that now I'm like huh it's more like how which again like I know tv writing happens over time and there's a lot of people that are contributing to it sometimes goals change but I'm like why would you introduce a character like this as the most repugnant man alive yeah and then hope for me to ever like him yeah it's difficult and (laughs) I found myself I I, like as I was watching the last time which was this past summer I found myself once again warming up to him and I was like how did this happen yeah it's interesting it's interesting about where where the line always is of like where you can feel okay with watching these characters do terrible and ridiculous things and where it's not okay and I feel like any kind of sexual assault is always going to fall on that side of, for some reason, that's a lot harder to be able to suspend disbelief and be okay with than murder <laughs> for whatever yeah. reason. They're both terrible, terrible crimes. But I think because something about sexual assault is just a little too close to home and a little too realistic mm-hmm. and you're much more likely to be somebody or to know somebody who has experienced that than necessarily to know someone who has been murdered. And yeah. I think that's maybe part of why it's harder to stomach. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, I, 
I, I, I think that's one of those things. If you're, if you're thinking about writing a complicated character, that's going to be like, you know, difficult, but still likable. That's one of the things you maybe still want to stay away from. Yeah, I'd say so. (laughs) I mean, once you meet Chuck's father, I feel like, and he ends up being simply the worst man to ever exist. I feel like that's when you start to feel a little bad for Chuck, but then it's a whole thing. Anyway. I feel like that consent is important. Yes. Let's end on that note. <laughs> yes. And Gossip Girl is, again, one of my favorite television shows. Yeah. You can't tell me nothing about Gossip Girl. Um, <laughs> you can't. You simply cannot. I won't listen. Um, and on that note, thanks for listening. We want to hear from you now. If you have any thoughts about the Gossip Girl pilot you'd like to share with us or suggestions for shows we should watch, you can email us at itsinmyqpod at gmail.com. And in case you want to prepare for the next episode discussion with us, the next pilot we will be watching is Friends. So go ahead and watch or rewatch that episode so you'll be ready for our thoughts on it next time. If you want to hear our TV thoughts that go beyond the pilot, don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter at itsinmyq.substack.com for our thoughts in TV news straight in your inbox every Friday. If you liked what you heard, please rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends to listen. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at inmyqpod or on our personal Twitters. I am at Adina Terrific. And I'm at Kara underscore Powell. Thanks for listening, and we hope we've helped you clear out your queue.